You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 18, I think, 18 18 or 19. We're in the teens of Heart and Soul Podcast. We are still quarantined, um, but this week, Chelsea is joined by a very, very special guest, her mom, Miss Cindy Jones. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the listener. So, yeah, I've been listening from the first episode. I know. I feel like in the beginning, we thought that only our moms were going to listen. And, you know, some days that might still be the case, but I think we have a few others now, which is great. Mm I think so. See, Wrigley wanted to come in here, and now she doesn't want to be in here, so sorry if you hear her little whines. Good. All right. All right. Well, um, how's everybody doing? Good. This has felt like a, like, things are semi-normal to be seeing other people in our house. Have your mommy there. Yeah. There's something, about, there's something about a crisis, whether it be a global pandemic or just like an internal crisis where like you automatically need your mom. <laughs> yeah. I know. So it's been nice. We came Sunday and we've just been like doing a lot of projects around the house. My dad's found something to do like every, every hour of the day, which has been really nice because he's doing all the stuff that I didn't know how to do or just didn't want to do. <laughs> um but helped us touch up our bathroom remodel that we did downstairs and I don't think uh, I ever saw the final picture I saw on Instagram you teasing it but I don't think I saw the final yeah I didn't really post the final yet um, because I was waiting for them to come to to, um help me put like the light fixture back up and rehang the mirror and all that because I needed to get a little extra help I was a little scared to do the light fixture myself and not watch a cute myself fair so, yeah that makes sense yeah gone on some walks we got takeout thai last night we cooked we grilled out the night before that so mm-hmm. having them here and like walking around the neighborhood has made it feel like oh it's like summer and things are kind of normal even though they're definitely still not but yeah it's been good that's good we have um a friend coming to stay with us for the next couple of days. And I'm like, so excited to just like hug someone. <laughs> yeah. And just like have someone besides your husband. Yeah. In your home, which like I said, has been great, but it's just like, you don't realize how much you miss interaction with other humans until you're quarantined for six or seven weeks. <laughs> so. I know, right? We did a, we did an outdoor soul workout let all following all the rules last Thursday Mm -hmm. but it was still not the same because we were like six feet apart in a park um there's no like loud music that you're you can't really hear people that well they can't hear you so yeah can't wait till but even that little glimpse of like seeing human faces was like everything yeah but it's like even those things it's it's both exciting and like makes you feel good and also sad at the same time because you're like so close yet so far like can't we just 
hug each other or like see our friends, you know, like yeah. we're, we're so within arm's reach, but yet we're not. So the time will come soon, hopefully. I know. <sighs> At least they only extended this thing another week for us <laughs> in North Carolina. Another week and then it's like phases, right? If things are the way that he wants it to be by then. But did you see there was a thing on, uh, like I got a Facebook, it wasn't even a post. It was kind of like a, um, like a fixed alert on my feed about our county, New Hanover County, how the commissioner is like starting to lift things starting tomorrow. Um, not anything against the governor's orders, but anything that was county specific that was any stricter before is now being lifted tomorrow. And then from there, just like following this, the governor's rules until that gets lifted. But that was encouraging because the statistics were like, we've only had 79 cases and we've only had one, one to three deaths in this whole county. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, all right, that feels like pretty good odds, you know, like it's working. I'm willing to raise. So, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, should we read the review of the week? Let's do it. All right. Let me pull it up. We're very thankful that you guys have been sending these in because, you know, there was a little hiatus there. We were starting to get worried that no one was listening anymore. So I know it's like you reach a goal and then everyone just drops off the map. We haven't yet. We're still 11 away from 200. Just a reminder. We need 11 okay. more. <laughs> All right. This one is titled The Ultimate Girl Time, Five Stars by K. Wash Your Hands, which is a very fitting username for this time, which I'm assuming you did that on purpose. And if not, mad kudos to you for being timely. Okay. This says, this podcast is truly something that I look forward to listening to each week. Listening to the truth and great advice that Catherine and Chelsea talk about are encouraging and bring me closer to a place where I'm able to give myself grace. This podcast has helped me embrace the fact that as we women, we as women are not meant to face struggles alone. I'm so grateful for the inspiration these women bring to the table. This podcast is applicable to women in all stages of life. How beautiful and what a gift to be able to encompass that. Do yourself a favor of self-love and give this one a listen. Oh my gosh, so, that's so sweet. So sweet. Love that. That's I loved, I loved watching your mom's face as you were reading that because she would go, mm. <laughs> like, like the amen bobbing header girl and the well, and to to what she said in terms of all women at all phases of life. Because even at my age, when I listen to your podcast surprisingly there are many more topics that are relatable to my age group that you probably wouldn't even think about so um yeah it well, is good to know it's to all ages so yeah that Let's is good, good job yay it, you know wide variety and well i think mm -hmm. at the end of the day women no matter what age you are we can all kind of like be comrades together just on the fact that we're all women and we all kind of have similar way natures of like how we feel and how we process things and um yeah. so we can all kind of connect on that which is mm -hmm. really beautiful yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's no age limit to that, really. I mean, generationally, there are some things that are more relatable than others, obviously, like mm-hmm. some of the Netflix recommendations I get. But then there's so others. Are you on TikTok yet? I'm sorry? Are you on TikTok yet? <laughs> oh, no. No, but I did show her a few Not funny videos. going there. Just one more, no, one more platform for me to manage. Oh, just do me in. I, I, I just scroll. I think it would be hilarious if y'all made a TikTok while you were in town. I know. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I've not made it in a single one, even by myself. I could, all- I could watch them all day. Oh, yeah. It's very addicting to just scroll. Oh, all day. Yeah. Well, all right. So we get in where we like send each other funny TikTok videos like all day. It's like the new meme. Yeah. I do that with Michael too. And there's like these really precious ones of like um, senior citizens in nursing homes right now that can't see their spouses because of COVID. And like there's so many where they either like get a gift, like one guy got a gift of his wife's face printed on his pillow. Oh, yeah, on the pillow. I saw that. And I, he was so excited. And then the other one, her, she went up to the window of her husband's care room and I was on the outside speakerphone talking to him. And he's like trying to hold her hand through the window. And I was like, (laughs) so sad. I know. Yeah, there's some cute ones on there. But honestly, I'm there for the laughs because I need a good cry laugh these days. 100%. 100%. Anyway. Well, should we do some happies and crappies? Yeah, you start. Okay. Um, my crappy, I kind of already prefaced a little bit prior to hitting record, but I went on a, there's, it's a happy and a crappy. I went on a bike ride um, this weekend with some friends, some girlfriends from church. We followed the rules and we stayed six feet apart. We were outside. But um, it was a 26-mile bike ride. It was all the way from Independence and Shipyard to the beach and back down the Cross City Trail. And I was thinking, like, I'm athletic. I can do this, you know? Like, I can, I can ride a bike. It's fine. But when we were at, like, we were at the, near the beach across from my old house, and my back tire blew out. Um, yeah. So... So I was like, okay, well, we're either stranded on the road because like, I can't, I can't ride this. It's going to like skid or we can like walk the bikes over to my old house. I know the garage code. My mom's cruiser bike is in the garage and I can switch it out for the cruiser. And they're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. No, we do. Well, riding 12 miles on a cruiser is. That's hard. Really hard. Especially when everyone else is on like a road bike and like going pretty pretty fast. My legs were so shocked on Sunday night. I had planned yeah. to like get some work done and Michael and I planned to go out and get um, some dinner together and bring it back. And I could not even leave the couch. I was like, this is miserable, but yeah. it's crazy how much a difference or how much of a difference, like the type of bike makes. Oh, the first, the first 18 miles when I was on the road bike, granted, it was too tall for me. It was so much better and e- or like easier to ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's my crappy. My happy is um, 
two soul girls who I think are definitely listening probably to this, Kelsey and Ashley. Um, they have the gift of giving gifts that I don't have. And they ordered one of those. Have you heard of those um, willow tree, like st- the statue, not statue, yeah. what's the word? Yeah. Yep, I think it's, it's Willow. Willow. Willow Tree. Willow Tree. So they ordered, they ordered like an angel on Willow Tree that creepily like kind of looks like me. Like she has brown hair. She's like kind of tan. And she is holding, like hugging. <laughs> she's like hugging herself. And the, I guess like each angel has um, like a message with it. And this message was remembrance. And it was um, for like my miscarriage to remember this time, remember the baby. And I just thought it was the, they dropped it off yesterday at my house. And I just thought it was the sweetest, like most thoughtful gift because we have one, well, one, it's just so sweet, but we also have one from our wedding. So now it's up next to the little statue of us angels holding each other. And then the mama holding her stomach, or that's what I think it is in my head and it's just like it's yeah so right now we can keep collecting them yeah and um they didn't know that I had one and I just thought it was like a really cool god moment of like him like giving me a little wink like I see you and I care for you through these people so um and just like seeing their face as they dropped it off at my house was like really refreshing too because yeah. them Um, but yeah, I really cherish people who you have it too, who have the gift of giving gifts. I, it's not my love language and I very rarely think to give someone something. I'm more like, I'll come over. (laughs) So yeah. There's there's always different, um, ways of like receiving it too. And like, sometimes you need all types of loves given to you and for different circumstances and situations so yeah I'm always just appreciative though of of people who give gifts because I know it's like that extra thought that goes into it too of like you took Mm -hmm. the time to order that and to deliver it and that's just so sweet so that's definitely my happy I love that love those girls me too um I'll start crappy I guess um I it keeps being COVID related, but I just had my 10th wedding reschedule. So I finally reached a point where I was just like, okay, it's time for acceptance. You know, the 12 stages of grief, like I just have to accept the fact that I'm probably not going to be shooting weddings before I have this baby. And if I do, they're just going to be very simple ones. Um, I have had a few people move to July, so we'll see what what status we're at by then. I'm trying to stay hopeful. I just, I feel like I don't know anything anymore. But then I had a couple of brides reach out for like September and October and just trying to get the conversation started, which I understand completely because, you know, the longer this gets pushed out, the longer everyone's getting concerned for their, their time and their day. But just, having that conversation, I was like, oh no, like I can't even let my brain go there because I had four of my brides for now reschedule for October. So to, just to like 
even imagine that still being an issue by then just makes me like want to have a panic attack pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, but again, like we don't know and I understand and I, I get the, the worry and the concern and I hate it for them. And the only silver lining that I can think of is that, you know, and not to mention like all of my weddings in this half of the year are now going to happen in that half of the year after our baby comes, which is just not how I ever imagined like the first two months of transitioning into a parent were going to look like, um, which I know I'll get through. God will give me the strength to do it, but it's very hard to think about. Um, but anyway, the only silver lining that I was trying to see out of it is like, okay, well maybe if God forbid, this is still a situation in August and September, then I might still be able to be there for those brides that I might not have otherwise been able to shoot while I was giving birth. Mm -hmm. if, then that's like, oh, okay, well then I get to be with those couples anyway, if it's postponed, but hopefully it's not. So anyway, that's a good look inside Chelsea's brain for, for you. Um, <laughs> and then my happy has been having my parents here and feeling like, like I said earlier in the episode, like things are a little bit more normal on the mend, looking up and feel like I'm finally just starting to, like I said, accept the turns and still have bad days, but rolling with it for now. Rolling with the punch. So. We're almost there. I feel like the end is very, very near. I don't think it's going to last into. I hope so. We'll see. At least in our state, I think we're going to be clear. Yeah. Well, it's not just going to go away, though. Like, there's going to be a lot of differences in the way that we have to do things and with the phases and I get that like it needs that needs to happen but I also I'm just like all right something's got to give like at some point we're gonna have to just see what happens yeah, you know and see what happens I hear you yeah so anyway what about you Cindy do you have a happy and a crappy my happy obviously is being here um does make me feel the same like Chelsea just a little bit of normalcy um <laughs> And just oh, as a mom, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I just swallowed my tea. And I mom. just needed to be with my baby, and um, it just made my heart happy to see her. And Wrigley too. Wrigley got very excited, and so did Jordan. But Wrigley was more excited. Um, <laughs> he showed that a little bit more than they did. But sorry, I didn't run laps okay. around you. You need to wag your tail a little more. <laughs> um, but it was just yeah, it's been awesome, and. Um, you know, it was funny driving down from Raleigh, you know, I was stressing because we're not rule breakers. Bob and I are just, we follow rules. And, you know, I've been in the house since March 5th. That was my last day out. I have not been to our shop. I have not been to any grocery stores. And I have everything Instacarted to me, which I love. I might just continue that um, even after COVID. But, um, so this was the first time like I ventured out and driving down, you know, those signs, the overhead signs where it's usually, you know, Amber alerts and it says, stay home. It's flashing, stay home. I'm like, oh, Bob, they know we're out. They know we're out and about. So yeah. Um, but I didn't care. 
I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to see my baby. Yeah. We haven't been anywhere. They haven't been anywhere. I felt good. And, you know, we're over 65. So heck, we're, you know, we had to keep reminding ourselves we're that population that Mm -hmm. is at risk. Um, But once, you know, like if we've all been doing this for so long, like we're probably fine to see our family and small groups of friends. Like I don't see why that at this point is still, I don't know. I agree. I feel like this past week people started to get more lenient, like on their own with that, you know, like I don't mind quarantining or like a small example, Kelsey and Ashley coming over. They knew I've been quarantined. They've been quarantined. They didn't feel we stayed outside and they dropped off the gift, but it was still like, come on, we can like, yeah, break some of the rules in order to have some self care here. Before we all lose our minds. Well, yeah. yeah, there's just been so much information. Like, and day to day, it's like that the video that I sh- you know showed you the other day on Facebook. That was so, oh, yeah. so hilarious, but so true. It was just one contradiction after the other. I I'll know. send you the link to it. It's it, pretty funny. It's basically this chick, like, pretending to have a press conference about the coronavirus. I saw it. And- did you see that? It was yeah. like stay inside, but don't or right. But don't leave. unless, of course, you have a reason. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it just went on and on and on. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think that's how we all feel, right? So, um, until there's something solid, like there's nothing solid. That's how I feel. It's just too fluid, mm-hmm. and, and that's what makes is making me crazy. Um, and so, because I don't have a problem following rules at all, um, but I want to, you know, some days I'm just like, make up your mind, you know, yeah. wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear that, you know, it was like, yeah, it's information overload. So, so this makes me feel somewhat back to normal, even though there's nothing normal still going on. Um, I just get to be with my baby. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. Do you have a crappy? Do I have a crappy? Um, other than the obvious? Other than the obvious, no. I really don't. I really have no other crappy. Good. Um, so that's a good thing, right? That's a great thing. Shower to be rescheduled. Oh, yes. Other than her shower. So planning this baby shower, of course, it doesn't compare to weddings and all these other major events in people's lives, but it was a big deal for us. And so I'm thinking, okay, May will be good. Um, And then I get this letter from um, the venue that we were hosting it at, canceling it. So, um, but I kind of expected it. It was going to be May 16th. May 16th it was. so, you know, we rescheduled it for June, the end of June, now that she doesn't have all these weddings to shoot. So that was yeah. a good thing about that. that. Um, so we rescheduled it for that, and hopefully we'll be able to do it then. And if not, we're going to do the newest thing, which I don't know what it looks like yet, but a virtual shower, right? Yeah. So we'll do a friend that. of mine just did that this weekend. They did a, um, a virtual shower, which I know isn't ideal, but it was still kind of cute like all the pictures that they posted of like these computer screens around them and 
Or even like that drive-by one is really a cute option that people are doing where they're just like decorating their porch and handing out like cookies or like wrapped oh. cookies or something and then everyone can drive by and drop off something and say hello. And then Oh, we could do that. We That's could do that could do. in Raleigh, you know. I haven't heard of that. If, okay. If it's to that point. I'm kind of hoping even if like the numbers are still restricted, we can just have shifts like you know, have the first half of the day be these five to eight people, and then the second half can be these mm-hmm. people, and mm-hmm. we can know. do that. Yeah. What do we have to do? So we're gonna make it work. We're gonna do this. Yeah. Um, and we're just so excited that you're you're on our podcast today. I'm pretty honored. I, I am. am. I definitely don't know you as well as Chelsea does, but <laughs> I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more here as we kind of dive deeper into your story and we have no idea where it's going to go so um we'll just take it as it goes at my age i have lots of stories i I was like we go so many different avenues because Mm -hmm. you have so many insane Mm -hmm. stories that Mm -hmm. she can kind of ask the basis and then if i know that there's something like deeper or crazier that I might probe you a little bit more to touch on something okay specific okay so so why why don't you take (laughs) why don't you take a second to just introduce yourself tell our listeners who you are they obviously already heard a little bit but if you could like write a little bio for yourself like a short paragraph what are like the top things you would say okay um Well, I'm Cindy Jones, Chelsea's mom. Um, I am a wife, a friend, daughter, sister, Nona, um, entrepreneur. Um, I like to think of myself as a creative. Um, What else can I say? Passionate cook, um, extrovert, probably to a fault sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh my gosh. Um, I love a great glass of wine. Um, a good book. Um, yeah, I'm an avid reader. Oh my gosh. I can't not be with a book. Um, is there anything you're reading right now during uh, the quarantine that you've loved? No, you know, interestingly, I have not been able to focus long enough to sit down and read. Is that crazy? I've actually been busy at home um, cutting fabric and elastic and sewing buttons on headbands for masks for healthcare workers. Um, our neighborhood's been doing that. So that's been a great distraction. Um, I've been doing a little bit of interior design work in our own home, um, which is another part of my history. I used to be a home stager. Um, so I love interior design. I didn't know that. That's a really fun fact. Yeah. And um, that was just another life. And then, so yeah, we painted our kitchen. I tore down the wallpaper in our powder room. We painted our butler's pantry and our laundry room. And so I've just been trying to stay busy and baking way too much. Um, Way too much. So um, that's just been, you know, 
the last eight weeks. Well, you also have grandkids in town that you've been sharing those yes. cookies with. So. Yes, we've been dropping them off to their house um, and doing drive-bys there. So I feel like during this quarantine, banana bread has made like a really big comeback. Like every time I'm on Instagram, I see someone has made a batch of banana bread. Yes, I know. It's so funny. My dad read, it was like an article or like kind of a, a fluke one. Might have been like a BuzzFeed or something. It said like banana bread has become the official quarantine baked good or something like that. Yeah. Sort of that. Well, I actually I haven't baked baked. I haven't baked. I haven't banana bread. I actually bought some from the farmers market the other day though from Port City Produce. I did one of those um, like by. online orders, and as I was flipping through everything that they had, they had like banana bread from a bakery, and I was like, I'll add that to the cart. <laughs> Well, actually, I did try baking homemade bread during this quarantine, which I was so excited about because years ago when our kids were little, I had one of those bread machines. All you got to do is just push the button and, you know, it did everything and all you did was pop it in the oven. And, but it was still homemade, so I felt pretty good about it back then. <laughs> but I've never tried real homemade bread, and I made two loaves um, two weeks ago, and it came out so good. I was so excited. So good. Like a real pioneer lady, yeah, yeah, pioneer woman, right here. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you, you mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. Um, we've talked a little bit about your shop, your spice mm-hmm. shop, but maybe fill our listeners in a little bit about more about your business and kind of where it's at right now being a business owner with, with the pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we own Savory Spice Shop in Raleigh, it's uh in Lafayette Village. If- um, anybody's familiar with it. It looks like a little French or European village, actually, with all um, individually owned restaurants and uh, boutiques and shops. And um, we've been there. We just celebrated actually 10 years of uh, being a franchise. We're a franchise. It's out of Denver, Colorado. Um, we were the first on the East Coast to open um, and the uh, third overall in the country to open back in 2010. Um, you know, we've just, we've just loved it. it. It's made us a part of our community in a way that we would never otherwise have become. Um, it's just developed so many great relationships. We have customers that, well, up until COVID, would come in just to be heard just because it was a safe place to come and talk and share. And, um, you know, we always, we always envisioned the store to be an extension of our home, our kitchen table, uh, where you could just come and hang out at the counter and, um, and tell stories and swap recipes. And, um, you know, we, our goal was to inspire and educate, but we just, we get as educated and inspired by our customers um, and so many real solid friendships have come from just being there. Um, so over the years, we have um, serviced, oh gosh, so many restaurants um, in their triangle. Um, but the caterers and caterers and bakers and, and you know, coffee shops and breweries, like everyone yeah. needs spices and herbs. Right. So it's, right. it's only been cool seeing how you guys got so connected to all the local other small businesses in the area that um and I think 
what really you kind of were on the brink of, you know, 10 years ago, the whole community over competition mm -hmm. um, movement, because you were kind of some of the first to start mm -hmm. bringing in collaborations and, oh, we're going to have this baker here today who uses all of our product to come get a free mini cupcake or whatever it was. I think that was really, really cool to see because that was at the start of kind of that movement kicking off the ground yeah, and I, I didn't even know that was a movement it was just really who we are i think um in because a lot of these uh entrepreneurs don't have or didn't have brick and mortars to showcase who and what they do um so we would say hey you know you you, you use our products come do it here you know and you can sell it you can demo you can whatever and so um yeah we've done that right from the beginning and um it's been so exciting for me personally to watch them i kind of feel like i gave birth to these people you know they're like they literally start out as little babies and then they become really very well known and accomplished and successful and one of them um, was um two roosters ice cream remember? right mm -hmm. that's like now like the biggest they've made like top 10 lists on probably like things like BuzzFeed and like those bigger right. names. Um, and they're like in the Durham Bulls stadium, they have tons of locations. And I remember the first time the owner of it came into the shop, I was working there like in college and he's like, yeah, my wife and I are opening up this um, ice cream truck. They had like an old vintage Oh, cool, truck. Oh, they still have it. They, they still have, they bring it to weddings and stuff now. And uh, it's gonna be called Two Roosters, and we wanna have really unique ice cream flavors. And so we were like taking them around the store and showing them everything we have. And the next thing we know, however many years later, they're like the biggest ice cream mm -hmm. place in mm -hmm. the triangle and nationwide, really. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, really cool stories like that. It, it has been very cool. And, um, you know, the way things look today, you know, I think my bigger, the thing that keeps me up at night now um, during COVID is how long can we successfully stay open with the model that we had? Um, and what is that going to look like? Um, and how is that going to change? And so Bob and I sat down this week, actually, um, or actually last week. What's today? Tuesday. Yeah, so it was last week. I don't even know what day it is. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. So we sat down and wrote like a, a three-phase plan um, for when we can reopen. Technically, we did not get shut down as a non-essential because we are food products. Um, so we could have stayed open. Um, we made a decision before the state governor, whoever, um, made any decision. Um, we did that on our own and as a company company-wide to change things and close to the public for the safety of our staff and our community um, Because we are a hands-on store. You're, you come in you taste you smell uh, We measure small amounts bigger amounts, you know of products. So um, People come in and they're they're touching everything. So immediately we took things away and um, uh, before we actually closed, we took the tasters and all that away and then made a decision that we're, we just have to close and do a curbside. And with that came having to furlough some of our staff 
Um, but we've been fortunate to keep some of our staff on um, part-time because it was just really important to us to not have everybody, you know, lose their jobs. We know what it's like, um, you know, what brought us to opening the shop 10 years ago, actually, um, which you're all too young to even uh, probably relate to. But there is such a thing as ageism in, in corporate America. And Bob, you know, was dealing with that 10 years ago. And that's what led us to say, okay, now what in our life? And that's how we came about opening a, a store to begin with. Um, he had been outsourced and then excessed and Chelsea was actually just leaving for college the year that that happened. Um, so all that to say, we know what it's like to suddenly find yourself unemployed and we just, that was just really what kept us up at night um, was our staff. Yeah. So we're grateful that we have been able to keep two of them on since we've closed. Um, and hopefully our hope is that we're going to be able to bring another one back on as we do a soft reopen to the public, um, which we're hoping to do in a couple of years, but a couple of years, I mean, a couple, <laughs> Oh gosh. A couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just, you know, anyway, a couple of years, um, a couple more weeks. So, uh, but we have to have a lot in place to do that. You know, getting the supplies that we need to reopen in terms of gloves and masks and plexiglass and, you know, just, it's, it's overwhelming mm. uh, what we have to physically do. Um, and, and there's just a shortage of all these products, you know, so even when all of our businesses that are closed right now can reopen, we're all going to be scrambling for the same things, um, which could keep us from opening when we want, because right. if without those things, we can't. So yeah. that's tough. Yeah. I mean, but people have still been supporting. Absolutely. They got a ton of online and, uh, all right, sorry y'all, we had some technical difficulties. Forgive us, we are um, virtual still, so we're gonna have some struggles connecting and the internet just gave out a little bit. But we're back and um, Cindy, thanks for sharing about your business. And um, I think what stuck out to me most was the relational aspect that y'all provide to the community and how your, your um, I guess mission wasn't just to like franchise a business and be successful financially, but to be successful with the relationships you build and um, something that's so sweet about herbs and spices and food is that it's a it's a part of someone's routine. So it's a repetitive consumerism where they come in either weekly or monthly or whatever that looks like. So you're able to maintain and build up on personal relationships, um, which is what I love about, fitness and I'm sure what Chelsea loves about getting to work with couples and families is you get to take their picture every year and watch them grow and um, maintain those relationships. So speaking of relationships though, we want to hear how you met Chelsea's dad. <laughs> oh, it's a good story. It is a crazy story. Um, oh gosh, well this would be, we would be on all day. So I'm going to try to give you the short Short version. Um, I had been married before. Um, Chelsea's brothers are her uh, half brothers, right? Um, 
I had been married uh, to their dad and we had bought a house and moved to the home right after our second son, Adam, was born. And Bob, my now husband, he and his wife had lived next door to the home that we had purchased. Um, so I'm not going to give you all the gory details, even though it's probably suspect when people first hear this story because they go, oh, you know, you were neighbors. Um, but it wasn't anything like that. And um, Bob had been married and uh, his wife over, I don't know, I'm trying to remember how many months it was that we were living there, maybe about seven, eight months um, while we were living there, he got separated from his then wife. Um, within probably another six months or so of that, my ex-husband and I separated. Um, it's, and Bob had been a friend of ours you know, through all this. And we were kind of, you know, helping him through the separation when all this had gone down within our own marriage. Um, and uh, anyway, he remained a good friend to me um, after my ex-husband had left um and i had a newborn and a four-year-old when i was separated and bob went on to date and had a girlfriend and um it's i mean it actually sounds like some sort of like a movie or a show it was yeah i i mean it's just it, there's just too much to even tell but <laughs> Over a period of time, we were just good friends, there for one another. Um, and uh, one day, I don't even know how it came about, we went out on a date. I think I took him with me on a work trip, and um, not a trip, but a, a, an excursion. My, my then boss had a sailboat, we went out sailing, and, and then something just happened. It was like we went, oh, she froze again. That's okay. I can still can hear. You still hear us? Yeah. I can still hear you. <laughs> All right, we're back. Sorry, more technical difficulties. Keep going with the story. Okay, so I left off with we went on a date and um. And the rest is history. Um, we got married uh, probably about a year or so, a year, yeah, about a year and a half into dating. Um, so on that on that first date, were you just like, oh, this is the chemistry's here? It kind of just like sparked from there, or it did. It did. Um, I was very hesitant. Um, in fact, when Bob asked me to marry him, I had to say, can I get back to you on that? <laughs> um, he loves telling people that story, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I was terrified um, to give my heart over to somebody again. Um, I had been very hurt, um, as had he in his relationship, and his marriage. Um, and, you know, I took a couple days prayed about it and really and truly believed that God put him in my life for a reason. Um, and this was the reason, not just to get me through probably what was the worst time in my life. Um, but that I had a future and a promise of, of 
good things to come in this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're married now 31 years, I think, 1988. Um, and yeah, because I'm well, I'm 31, I was born in 89, so coming up, so, yeah, we got married in 80, in 80 oh, so I guess it's 32 in yeah. 82 years. See, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> He's been my best friend, um, all this time, and um, we've been through a lot of good times and really tough times. Um, but we have a deep faith that has gotten us through every single one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, we can, we can drive each other crazy after this many years you do. Um, but we figured, hey, we've survived quarantine and we haven't killed each other. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, fun fact about their story is that I didn't even know right. my dad was divorced or that he was our next door neighbor until I was like 12 or 13. How did you find out? So it was like, I, so I always knew my mom was divorced, obviously, because, you know, my brothers have a different dad and they would have to go to their dads every other weekend or whatever. So that was never like a, a surprise to me, but we were just like randomly at dinner one night mm-hmm. and something came up about his wife or like because as far as that what I know when I was born like their best friends lived next door Nancy and Ray who were like our other set of parents and something was mentioned either about his ex-wife or about how he used to live in Nancy and Ray's house and I was like what the heck like (laughs) where is this coming from like how did I never know this and then my mind was just like completely blown because I just I mean not that I was like upset over it I was just like how have I never yeah that this was the story of how you met that's so crazy anyway and I was like I feel like I'm way too old to be finding this out right now (laughs) well it wasn't intentional I mean it just you know it, it just there was no reason for it to ever come up I guess and and truly it wouldn't have with Mine either had I not had the boys, you know, she had these brothers. In fact, it was so funny because, you know, when she was old enough um, and the boys would be leaving for their weekend with their dad, she would be like, I want to go to Steve's too. Why can't I go? And I'd be like, no, maybe you can't, you know. And so she would just, you know, she would just carry on to, you know, just want to be with her brothers all the time. And so it took us. I mean, until, I don't know, maybe she was eight or nine by the time she figured it out and understood Mm -hmm. why she couldn't go. But those were challenging times because, you know, between holidays and all that stuff, you know, sharing holidays. I always hated it when they had to go there for Christmas and it was like Christmas. And I was like, wouldn't that be great that you were like the only child for the day? I was like, no, actually, I really hated it. Like, I didn't. No, she didn't. She didn't like it at all. So, so anyway, that was the story of how we met. Um, and we, uh, you know, we raised our family on Long Island, moved to Raleigh in 2006, have never looked back. Um, absolutely. This is home. It was home from the moment I stepped off the plane when we came to visit. I knew this is where we were meant to be. Um, and so fast forward, you know, uh, to 2020 and, um, 10 years into business ownership, um, 
the funny, the funny story that I did want to share to you about all of this through all this pandemic stuff was that Bob's been working off and on over the years since we owned the shop as a contract project manager. But it's very, you know, as we've gotten older, it's been harder and harder for him to find a job um, and stay, you know, employed on those contracts. Two weeks ago, he randomly applies for this job and he gets it. <laughs> and he's starting this, this position on the 11th of May. Um, and uh, once again, God just shows up in the 11th hour, you know, mm-hmm. at a time where, you know, financially we need it more than ever. Um, and our business needs it more than ever because now we won't have to draw any type of salary from our business, which we've, you know, we've been doing, um, and pour that back into the business to help our employees. And, um, and yeah, so it just, you know, it is, this has taught me this time, um, of quiet and solitude has taught me how absolutely God controls every aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that I've always wanted to think he did and I, and I would walk that and talk that, but I don't know that I ever really lived it to the degree I am now mm-hmm. uh, where, and this is the one thing I, I've been saying to Chelsea when she has her mini meltdowns. And I, that doesn't mean I don't have them. I have them. And I've had them through these weeks. But, I, you know, my, my constant is that it, it's just a reminder how we have absolutely no control. None. Right. Anything. Over anything. And, um, you know... God knew we would all be in this place in this time for a purpose such as this, whatever that is. And I, and I truly believe that everybody's purpose is different. Mm-hmm. Um, our, we don't have the same purposes when I say, you know, for a purpose such as this, whatever that is that God has to do in you and in me and in Chelsea is not going to look the same through this. Right. Um, and that's my biggest takeaway over these last eight weeks of being home. It's like, oh my gosh, I am so powerless and helpless on my own. It, and, truly, it truly is like a whole nother level of surrender of like, I, I, I truly cannot take control of this. Like I'm unable to, and so I have to give it up. And what does it look like when you are kind of stripped of your normal and stripped of your security and having to lean into what God says is true, you know, <laughs> cause you're like, it's easy to, it's easy to talk the talk, but to truly walk it out when you're stripped of everything is a whole nother ball game. And I, and, and I, and the other thing that I, that I've been saying too, and I'm not saying I'm right about this. It's just that, you know, everybody keeps saying, Oh, we're in this together. no, we're in this, we're on this journey together. We're not in this together. We are all individually living life in our, in our space, trying to figure out what it is that God is doing in each of us in this time. Like it's not, it's not the same for any two people. Right. It just is. 
Um, the situation is so different. And right. And so I, I think accepting that, because you know, I know that I, I like I said, I've got a I've got a big personality. I know that I like to plan and have things organized, and my life is you know not so rigid so much as planned. You know, I I plan things out. Is probably what you get the way you are but but you know i'm just a planner and i can't plan anything mm. and it's like i don't know what to do with myself you know it's like oh my gosh i really can't take this next step i can't figure out what i'm going to do tomorrow i don't have a clue what's coming in two weeks from now and um it has just been such a wake-up call and, and that has been my biggest struggle is you know, I want to fix things. I want to make it better for everybody, particularly my children. I want to do that for my employees, for my customers. I got nothing. Yeah. It's, you know? it's tough. So, no, it's not mine to do. And so, you know, people, but people want to look to government or to, you know, our governor for the next, you know, whatever when ultimately it's really not his either, you know, it's like, and I'm having a hard time accepting all of it. You know, I get up every day thinking, Oh, maybe today, you know, um, but maybe not. And yeah. we're just along for the ride. You know, it's like buckle up and just go for the ride. Cause yeah. that will take us somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe we won't. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's it was funny because when we started out this conversation, you were like, "Oh, I got a lot to tell," and it's it's cool how even even now you're still learning new lessons. You know, you're like, oh, absolutely, you're yeah. like, I've had all this experience. I've been married thirty two years. Well, this that that, and then you're like, and then I just learned today that <laughs> I have no control. <laughs> so well, it's you know we're you know we're always a work in progress mm -hmm. because God is never done with us he, he's not like you know you just you know you might think you've arrived that you're finally where you're meant to be and he'll like oh no not quite sure, not you know we're not until we go home plot so huh? lots of plot twists yeah so I love it I I, I want to ask you something, knowing what you know now and, and going through what you've been through as a wife and a mom and business owner, what's the biggest piece of advice you can give Chelsea as she's about to enter into motherhood? Oh, man. I've always got cry. so much to say. I am probably going to cry. Like mother, like daughter. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, let's see. The, which you can, while you're thinking of that, just real quick, I was like, the reason I was looking so distracted is because we just had a, we had flowers delivered a second ago from Jordan's parents, apparently. Aww. And then uh, another truck just stopped outside and brought in the side table that I ordered from Target. And as the <laughs> poor FedEx guy was coming up, he tripped up the stairs. Oh. <laughs> he fell over with this box. Anyway, so he's okay, but. That's why I kept looking out the window. So I was like, oh man, there's so much commotion going on right now. Speaking of plot twists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still trying to think of one thing that I would say to her. Um, 
about motherhood? Well, it is the single most important thing that I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of wonderful things. And I am proud of every area of my life, but my, my proudest accomplishment is that, um, that I was given the gift to pour myself into my children. Um, and create these incredible human beings and citizens and, and kind and generous and loving people. Like my boys and Chelsea are truly remarkable. They are. They are. They're my greatest accomplishment. And that's not to diminish any of the other things I've done in my life. Um, but, um, you know, to, to, to think that they are yours, they're truly not. They are, they belong to the Lord and they have, um, you know, when you are a parent, you have these stages in life that you go from that infant to toddler to preschool to preteen to teens where everybody tells you that, you know, you're going to turn gray overnight. Um, I didn't with them. Well, I shouldn't say that entirely. <laughs> I had some moments, but not with her. I have to say she was always an easy peasy kid. Um, I, I, I just, I don't even know what I would, what advice I'd give you other than to dedicate them to who delivered them to you. And that's to the Lord. And um, knowing that they're only ours for however long they're here is the reality of, of parenthood, I think. Um, just like you went through a, a miscarriage, you know, I mean, you are a mom now, you know, regardless, you are a mom. and your motherhood lasted a shorter period than some, but you are forever a mom. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than when you have that child and raise them up until they go. Um, you're, you're their mother, but you get to be a different relationship. Like as they grow up and out, that changes. Yeah. I'm not just mom anymore. I'm actually somebody that they want to be with and, and enjoy. And, you know, you just, it just changes mm -hmm. each phase, you know, and each stage, it just changes. And, um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't think you really need to give her one piece of advice. I think all she needs to do is reflect on the mom you've been to her and she's set. You know, she's, she's a really good role model and a mother. You're so sweet. Thank you for that. I love her so much. We love her too. We know you're already a grandmother. Um, so this isn't your first grandchild, but what are you most excited about? Or what's the best thing about being a grandma? Because it's different. Oh than my gosh. <laughs> um, so I'm Nona. 
And um, that is my Italian heritage. I just thought it would be easier for our grandchildren to, you know, call me Nona, um, especially our boys. They're, 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 Children have several sets of grandparents. So, so I'm Nona, and I love being a boy mom and a boy Nona, and that we're having another boy is just going to be so much fun and, and easy. Not that I wasn't looking forward to a girl. If it was a girl, I was. She um, thought it was going to be. She, I was, a, she brought it. She got a mermaid swaddle. I did. I, I thought it was going to be a girl, too. I was convinced it was a girl, only because she was convinced it was a girl. I wasn't fully convinced. But in any event, um, I'm so excited about it being a boy. And they're just fun. I just hope that, you know, by the time, you know, I was 38 when I had Chelsea, so I'm getting up there. Um, but I like to think I still have a lot of energy. But they're physical. Boys are just so stinking physical. And they... The two that we have now that are old enough to be physical, the third one is still so little, but they're rough. I mean, yeah, they, play. they wear me out. They really wear me out. And, but they're just so fun. So I am looking forward to just, I can't wait to hold him and smell him and just love on him. Um, oh, that baby smell is so sweet. Yeah. But more than anything, to just see both her and Jordan as mom and dad, like when your baby has a baby, it just, my nose is twitching again, just thinking about it. It just makes me cry. So mm -hmm. I, I can't wait. Um, and the best part is that you can spoil the heck out of them and give them back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just, and I, and I love like just seeing how her brothers and her sister-in-laws are with her and Jordan becoming parents and how there's so much excitement and joy for one another. Um, that's when you sit there and you say, I know I did something right. Mm -hmm. When I see the love between them. Um, yeah. That's when you, you say, I've, you know, lived a life well lived. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait to see Jordan as a dad because if it's any indication, like the way that he is with our dog, <laughs> the things he does to her on a daily basis, almost like poor thing. Our child. I mean, he'll he'll wear him out. I hope when it comes to that time. But I'm just like, oh my gosh. The things he does to Ravel are even close to the things he's going to do to well, We knew Jordan was going to be an amazing dad. I almost said his name. <clears throat> mm, you did. No. I didn't I, hear it. Okay. But when we watched Jordan with Chelsea's nephews, my grandsons, we were just like, he is going to be such an amazing dad. This is before they even got engaged. I mean, this guy is just, he's amazing. Well, well he kind of reminds me of like a big kid, like the way he's <laughs> played. <laughs> Well, it was so funny is when we first started dating, Jake was three. He was just mm -hmm. turning four. And Jackson was just born. And he was meeting them for the first time. And the boys just, or Jake especially, just fell in love with Jordan, which of course I was like over the moon about because those little boys I love with my whole heart. 
But then they got so obsessed with him that like anytime they would come over or I would go there, he'd be like, where's not even hi, Aunt Chelsea. It was just, where's Jordan? Where's, yeah. Why is he not yeah. here? Yeah, she would be like, like oh, okay, I guess I'm just nothing now that I have this boyfriend and all they want is him now. So, and they like couldn't wait to call him Uncle Jordan when we got married. And oh, really, really sweet. So I'm grateful for that. We've gotten over that. Uh, they still love their aunt, even though yeah, they love Jordan too. So. They gotta, they're gonna be com- comrades, you know, because they're boys. They gotta play together. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty excited they're ha- that she and Jordan are having a boy, so. Oh, I'm sure. They all high-fived when they saw our video. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I, the last time I saw Jake, I said, what do you think it's gonna be? And he said, I think it's gonna be a girl. And I said, okay, we'll see. And then a few weeks later, he was proven wrong. Sorry about it. Yep. Um, well, I'm excited to see Chelsea become a mom and she's already like so motherly, like the way that she listens and, and thinks before she speaks and, you know, cares for her friends and takes care of her business. She's set up for success. I know that to be true. Thank you. She, in that respect, she's more like her dad. I will say he's much more thoughtful about things. I'm a little more reactionary, so I don't always think before I speak. That's me. Oh, I say <laughs> things out loud and I go, did I just say that? Yep. And yes, I did. Like I had put up an Instagram story for our shop the other day and Chelsea's like, hello, mom, did you like see that? Like before you put it up, I was like, <laughs> I didn't, I better take that one down. So, cause I, you know, I just like, I don't know. I just was, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it, I guess, is what it was. But I also was like thinking things and just comes out sometimes. So she's a little more thoughtful that way than, um, you know, yeah, she just thinks things through a little bit better than I do. So she's a lot like her dad there. But, um, yeah, she's going to be an amazing mama. She is. Well, do you want to go into our uh, four questions? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited, to, I'm excited to hear your mom's answers. What, um, what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now or binging? Well, I just I finished Jane the Virgin. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Let me just say, I was running out of things to watch and I would ask Chelsea. And sometimes I was inspired by some of the answers that you all would give on the show, like who was watching what. I said, oh, I'd write that down and have to watch it. And so I'd started watching that one and, you know, Bob would walk in the room. He's like, what on earth are you watching? Like, I'm like, Jane the Virgin. And so <laughs> I, I know she would text me along the way, like, oh my gosh, this just happened. And I, I can't even right now. <laughs> Isn't it like a telenovela? Isn't it kind of like a telenovela? I didn't even know what a novella was until I watched this show. So so that's what I say, you know, you can talk, you can teach an old dog new tricks. So it's so good. Anyway, you watched it, right? I've seen like the first three episodes. I need oh to get back to it. It's the hilarious. Whole, the whole, and it's, it's hilarious, but it's also really, um, like sentimental. Like there's a lot of real life things in it. Yeah, right. Um, but like the drama and there's like a narrator who's basically like narrating it from a telenovela standpoint, which just makes it so much more comical and there's so yeah. much 
crazy like twists and turns and it's a really good show um I, I was able to actually relate to some of those things, uh, some of the aspects of that show with the multi-generational women and living in the same mm -hmm. home because it was very much like that when I was growing up. We had my grandmother and my great aunt that lived with us. And while we weren't Latina, we were there, they were Italian, so it was kind of the same thing. Anyway, it was just so fun. So I binged, literally sat down and just... The first night you were like, all right, I was up to like 2 a.m. Oh my night. gosh, I couldn't stop watching it. So, <laughs> How many seasons are there? Five. You did it. Good I job. Did. I did it in like a week, I think. I was like obsessed. So that's awesome. So that, yeah, so that's what I benched. All right. Do you want to ask the next question, Chels? Sure. Other than coronavirus being over, I feel like we have to keep prefacing this question with this. What are you most looking forward to in 2020? Well, that's odd. Your baby coming into this world is the one thing I'm looking forward to the most. Um, and then Christmas. Love yeah. Christmas. It's my favorite. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Also, I love that you said, well, that's Ob. <laughs> <laughs> like the drama. That's Ob. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I knew that was what you were going to say, but you know. Yes. Yeah, I was hoping. I was like, man, if she messes this up, then we fight later. Um, what is something that you love about yourself? The thing that I love about myself is the way I love people and bringing people together. That has been something that for when I was younger was made to feel that that was not a positive thing. And it took me a very long time to see that as a attribute of mine. Um, it took me a very long time to feel good about that. Hmm. Um, you are really, really gifted in that. I remember at the wedding, I hadn't met you before the wedding, which is crazy. I know, right? right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I have. About that. Mm -hmm. and, but it was like, one, it was really sweet to see like all your bridesmaids who had known your mom forever, mm -hmm. like feel like she was her mom. But then also for me and Macy to feel like we hadn't missed a beat, you know, like we just, yeah. we felt so embraced and loved by you immediately. And we're like, <laughs> way back with Cindy, like we're, we're on a first name basis, like we're dancing. Uh -huh drinking it was great yeah, yeah it was great well you know you're such a big part of Chelsea's life like I how could I not love anybody that she loves I mean really you know wow. it's like yeah and she's always just I mean I remember when she was stalking you on Instagram and I was like what like she would tell well, you me you saw her you yes. sent me screenshots of her wedding of her, too I did mm -hmm. <laughs> I did I didn't know who you were but I didn't know she was talking to you anyway it was one of those, yes. So I, you immediately were, and Macy, like, did I meet Macy? No, I, I had you think did I did meet her. Macy yeah. before the wedding. I oh, had, okay. You were always out of town whenever I was in town. Yep. Yeah. So, but um, that's the thing I feel good. I, I, I like about myself. Yeah, that's an amazing attribute. Mm -hmm. Last question is, if you you could tell women one thing to end the podcast, what would you tell them? 
Oh gosh, you know, um, this is the thing that everybody always struggles with, right? Or no? No, it's, no, it's the one you just it's answered. The one I just actually, answered. So okay. You look no, that up. Um, and, all right, I do. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What's the one thing? Doesn't have to be like super. You no, know. I know. Um, the one thing that I would say. Now, this still, I don't want anybody to take this wrong either. But as somebody who is my age and watching women um, today and behaviors, and I would just say to truly walk the walk. And what I mean by that is, you know, women, empowering women um, is spoken about a lot. And I know that we are in a time of community over competition. But I'd like, I'd like to see people put that more in motion than what I actually observe. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very good, um, there's, a, a, there's a lot of talk about it, but there's still not enough evidence of it in yeah. day to day. Like, I don't know. And I don't know if it's social media because I feel like people, and I don't mean just women, but people in general feel like they're entitled to say whatever it is that they feel like saying when in fact it's not unless it's asked for or it's being solicited, you know. Or it's kind. Or it's kind. Yeah. It's not, you know, I, I yeah, that would be another whole show. But I, I just, that's the one thing I would say to people or women today is to really walk that walk you know um i feel like you're the first guest to say something like constructive which is i kind of like it's it's a little like more challenging which we i think we do a lot of encouraging on the podcast but we don't necessarily do a lot of of that, not that I'm faulting you for it. I like that. I yeah, think constructive criticism. Yeah, I think everyone always comes on and says, you know, just do it, or you're enough, or um, there's got to be a follow through. How, yeah, but so I, yeah. I think it's great that you kind of turned it into like, here's here's some way that we can grow as mm -hmm. women and not just feel like, yes, we are we are enough and we are doing the best that we can, but but there are still things that we can do better. Mm -hmm. So we all can, you know, and that's what, that's what going back to earlier in this is that, you know, what I had said about, you know, here I am at this stage in my life where we're never done. You know, we are constantly, you know, we're just a work in progress all the time. It doesn't stop. There's no cutoff. It doesn't like, okay, I've arrived, you know, like I'm here. And so it's done. It's never done. Right. Um, so yeah. And just be kind. Yeah. I love it. it. I'm so glad you're in town so that we could virtually. I, am. Oh, I wish I could see you and hug you. You know, virtual hug. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, you're in months. It sucks. I know it sucks. Totally sucks. Well, 
thanks for being on our podcast and we've loved getting to know you me. i have and the listeners chelsea probably already knew all those things <laughs> yeah, but it was still fun it was fun so all right listeners we will talk to you next week bye